Hi, everybody. It's then again with Ken and Glenn. <laughs> You'll never be guessing what the topic is today. Uh, murderers and thieves who operate on the water? To be sure. Yes, pirates. The pirates and the pirate tradition. So, pirates. I'm afraid my <laughs> oh, God, no, comment is stuck in the, the particular <laughs> no. idiom. I can stop. Wait, oh, there we thank go. God. So, uh, anyway... Uh, as, that was a caricature, as most presentations of pirates uh, are. Well said, and not just the accent. Exactly. What we're dealing with today, oh my God, this is a problem of epic proportion. The concept of pirates in the popular imagination, I think this is like the biggest one to fight. Except you know for what? Vikings, which we'll talk about later, and Vikings are just pirates who live in the North Sea. So, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, how far back does piracy go? Well, as far back as people figuring out I can rob someone while on a boat. <laughs> That's a long time. That's a long time. Uh, you know, the Romans mentioned piracy. Julius Caesar was captured by pirates. Uh, that you, you could say that's sort of how he got to be such an angry young man. Absolutely. Because he was captured by pirates, was released after a couple of years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Was captured by pirates and was displeased with the low amount they were asking for his ransom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Demanded they ask for a higher ransom. When he got it, they got it. He came back and captured and killed them. Every single one of them. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, easily thousands of years. You know, all joking aside... Piracy goes back as, as long as there's been commerce on the water. Literally, piracy is simply committing crimes like theft and murder and things like that while on a boat. So that brings up naturally the question, why do people think pirates are cool? <laughs> because they don't know any better. Not, you know, it all, it, popular media. And yeah. not not the, I'm not even this, talking movies. I'm talking back to when the first novels and right, you know right. time, the, when the screeds first started being written about the adventurous life on on a boat. Right. And at first, you know, people realized, oh, pirates are bad, and pirates were the bad guys in a lot of these stories because these popular stories are being written at the time when piracy is at its height, and mm-hmm. pirates are the the, the bogeyman. Right. You know, they're, they're what's going to come and get you if you're not good. And somehow, I think it came about when... Let's blame Robert Louis Stevenson. You know what? That's a good <laughs> With start. Treasure That's Island. a really good we'll start. We'll blame him. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, even in Treasure Island, they're, yeah, they're still actually, the bad guys. They are. They are. Yeah. Unequivocally. Yeah. They're the bad guys. And I, I think when America especially began to embrace this idea of a rogue and an anti-hero... Yeah. Uh, that's when pirates became the thing to be. Right. And, and, uh, and, and folks, this is way before Johnny Depp. He just took <laughs> right. it to its absolute well, height. Well, right, right. The Errol Flynn movies and things like that. God help me, I love Errol Flynn. Flynn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, you know what? Maybe we are going to leave this at the foot of Hollywood. So in the 30s, <laughs> in, in the 30s, you know, they're looking around for script ideas and story ideas and da-da. Well, okay, the, the concept of, you know, Errol Flynn sailing for the Queen of England against the Spaniards, that's where it's privateers. And they can be heroes. And they, and they have letters from a government saying it's okay to rob and kill the stuff on that ship because it's the nation we're at war with. you know. But it's a very short step from that sort of movie to a now I'm just a guy on a ship that does that sort of movie. And it's also a very short reality from I've got letters of Mark from the Queen to raid. Oh, the war's over. I really want to keep raiding. 
because it's profitable. Me, <laughs> I've made a lot of money doing this. Let me just change the 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 year on this letter of Mark, and I'll just keep going. Right, right. And 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 so you know, for those of you that don't know what we're referencing, letters of Mark. If this is seriously a legal, internationally legal and valid way of waging war at sea for a long period of time, I think it's now been outlawed internationally. But you know, using Elizabethan England as the example. You know, Elizabeth is a spendthrift, which is good for England. Mm-hmm. She balances her budget and keeps it that way. But it means when she wants to go to war at sea, she's got to find a way to do with this economical. And one way is to what is called a letter of mark. You've got a letter with the official mark or sign or signet of the queen and the government that says, yes, Francis Drake, you can sail to Portugal and destroy that fleet while it's in port Yes, you can sail to the West Indies and ambush the flota, the treasure you're, fleet. You're informally in the British Navy. You're informally in the British Navy for as long as this contract, this letter of mark is, or for as long as this conflict is. And in an age where communication is not instantaneous, you know, just using the example we're giving, Drake, there are several ships he takes and places he sacks. When the theoretical conflict is over, that he gets into some trouble for when he gets back, but he can say, well... I had the letter. It said it was good for this. I didn't know we weren't fighting anymore, which sometimes he actually did. But well, he had plausible deniability. And, he, and, of course, it's like, you know, we're technically at war with Spain. Well, there's a ship flying a Portuguese flag. I'm pretty sure there's at least a couple of Spanish guys on there. <laughs> exactly. Let's go get them. Hey, there's a Dutch ship. I know that they like Spain. So, <laughs> so you know, your, your letter of Mark becomes very elastic and really especially in the American popular imagination, it's the golden age of piracy that they most think of. And that's like, let's define that as, say, the 1660s or 80s through 1720. Yeah. That's, you know, because in the Caribbean there, you've got French, well, the Anglo-Dutch wars, the English and and, and Dutch are fighting, the, the, the French are in there fighting, the Spanish are still in there fighting. You've got a lot of different people sailing the same routes with claims to the same islands shifting alliances, fighting each other. And there is a lot of wealth to be had. And there's a lot of wealth to be Exactly, a and, lot of wealth to be had. And you have had. to remember that real pirates are not necessarily taking a ship. Oh, taking, rarely. Ta- taking treasure, you know, chest of gold off of it. They're taking cargoes like sugar and, yes. and, and whale oil and things like that, which means they've taken this. Then they have to take that somewhere to sell it for money. It's like fencing stolen goods. Like, because it is. <laughs> Which is, which is, is, by the way, in a lot of these cases where something like the Royal Navy comes in, you've stolen and killed. So we're here to arrest you and do what happens when you do those things. Uh, Unless you took it from the Spanish. In in which which case, case, we will take that off your hands at a fair price. But 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 what you say is absolutely valid. It's it's cargoes and things like that. Now, are they sometimes getting gold? Well, yeah, when they can. I I mean, that's what Drake literally chasing down the Spanish treasure fleet was about. But that is a rare target. And once again, this in the popular imagination, and, and God help the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. God bless them, God help them, whatever needs to be done to them. Uh, but They're fun. They're fun. You know what? I watched the first one, I was like, this was a funny movie. <laughs> but this whole concept of a pirate has his pirate ship. Look no further than the Atlantic seaboard of North America, the British colonies. You know, people think, oh, Blackbeard, he had a ship. Yeah, he did. The other 99% of piracy cases that went on up and down the coast were in perroques and skiffs and small, fast boat. You'd throw up your sail, 
you'd have five or six guys in with you, all heavily armed, and you would depend on speed and firepower. Does that sound familiar? Yes. <laughs> Somali pirates <laughs> in the early 2000s, you know. And, and, they're, and they're not looking for anything that's going to give them a fight. You exactly. Want easy pickings. Exactly. Exactly. And and what better way you, you, you when you when you're robbing someone on the street, you don't go rob a cop. <laughs> exactly. Or a big mean-looking Ex- dude. Exactly. You, Just like you don't you know, on the sea, you're not going to take on a full-size merchantman with a couple of deck guns. No, you're going to go for the smaller intercoastal craft that you know is going to you're going to overall them with I've got a, several guys with weapons pointing at you. We're going to get on board, get what we need, get your stuff. Buy. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or, or, or maybe throw you over overboard, sell not, your ship to the port, right. pretend to be the right guy, right. sell the goods, sell the ship, you're out. Right. Or sail the, stop the ship, offload all its gear into little creeks and stuffs where you're going to hide it. Right. And then let you go. Yeah. That way, you're not in trouble for the harm that comes to the, you know. Right. There, you know, what piracy actually was small, smaller craft, targets of opportunity. In intercoastal waters. Yeah. That's really what piracy is. Pirates very rarely it's went out the, into the open sea to, right. to look for stuff because right. it's, yeah. it's too big. As, as someone named Tolstoy once said, the sea is vast. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he said it in Russian. <laughs> well, he said it in Russian, and God knows uh, how to pronounce that unless you're Russian. Uh, and I don't think we have any Russian listeners. Or do we? <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so like you say, you're not going to just sail out in search of prey. It's no, you you actually know where the prey is. It's ships coming into port, ships navigating well-known intercoastal waterways, and you're going to seize them on terrain or topography that's to your advantage and disappear. You know, there's so many accounts of these these smaller, like, you know, 15 to 20 foot boats sailing out, getting the stuff. And then when they're, you know, when the authorities are looking for who stole those seven hogsheads of tobacco that were being taken to market, they'll go into a creek, from an informer says, well, and, and they'll find that same boat loaded with stones sunk in this creek, so you can't find it. But you take the stones out, bail it <laughs> out, you can go and rob another ship. It, it's just a completely different dynamic than what is presented. And, you know, that's when, like, when I do watch these movies, and I watch probably more than one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but I was always rooting for the Royal Navy. Well, this is, it's the Royal Navy. That's how we do things. That is how we do things. <laughs> But you know they're they're the voice of reason in all of this. They're 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 the people that are like, no, we're going to make sure that you don't get robbed, right? That you don't get killed. That you do keep your ship. That was one of the big reasons that people, up until a certain point anyway, didn't mind being part of the British Empire because the, your you ship could be protected by the most powerful fleet afloat. Exactly, and. When uh, France is knocked out of North America to all practical purposes after the uh, Seven Years' War, a lot of the uh, colonists in New England are thinking, well, we don't need this British Navy for protection anymore. Why are we paying taxes for that? As a matter of fact, you know, we would like to buy our tea from the Dutch because it's cheaper. 
Uh, so we're going to. Oh, that's illegal? We're going to anyway. What? The Royal Navy is trying to interfere with our illegal trade <laughs> and smuggling? How dare they? Let's seize the, what is it, the Gatsby? The Gatsby? Yes. That they actually yes. set fire to a, a Royal Navy cutter, runs aground, and they set fire to it and in, sink it. In protest? What was that, 73? Exactly. So... So well that, before right, and that's that's an act of piracy, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and uh, as is the smuggling and, and rebellion for that matter. Exactly, but you know one one of the uh, people that uh, was smuggling the uh, or is it the tea smuggling profit business was good old John Hancock, so he's up in arms against British tyranny because they won't let him break the law that he used to like because it protected him, but now he needs to make more money. More money. You know, once again, piracy has some surprising places where it lives its uh, wraps its tendrils. <laughs> the popular notions of it. Right. I think I think Oh Robert you're, you're right. Stevenson really does. Long John Silver, I mean that's a memorable character and yeah. that really does inform a lot. It it does. But but you're you're right. We should I think we should just lay this at Hollywood's feet. Yeah. Because those initial like Errol Flynn and that period, the pirates Usually, the guy who becomes a pirate and his crew were somehow wronged. Somehow wronged. That's and it. And so, like in um, Captain Blood, <laughs> one of my favorite Errol Flynn movies. It's one of his first. So he is a simple doctor who treats a wounded man during the English Civil War <laughs> because he treated the wrong guy. He sold into slavery and shipped to the Caribbean to work on a sugar mine. Or excuse me, a sugar plantation. A sugar, sugar mine. Sugar mine. Wow. <laughs> Nothing. But- I can see why he's upset. <laughs> There's nothing here. We keep finding anyway. So so then you know there's a little slave rebellion. He said they get out to a ship and suddenly they've got their own ship. So now they're going to be pirates, but good guy pirates against the oppression of the evil Jamaican governor. Right. And right. and so he's a he's a good guy and he gets to marry Olivia Haviland back when she was the most haughty thing you've ever seen in right, your entire right, life. Right. And that just sort of and and so it went from that and then as we come further up we get this anti-hero thing right uh and until you get to johnny depp right when piracy is the cool the authorities are oppressive bumbling idiots right and really being a pirate is just trying to make your own way in the world have you i don't know if you ever noticed this can you remember any point in any of the disney pirates of the caribbean movies them actually doing things that are piracy no no, they're actually, not in there. Right, right. Because right. that might stain the hero. Exactly. That that would that would uh, co-opt the narrative. Uh, the, it, it, go back and look, folks. No one commits piracy in Pirates of the Caribbean. Just, once again, let's be very clear. Piracy literally is committing crimes, robbing, stealing, killing, torturing, torturing <laughs> at sea. <laughs> If you if you're a pirate, it's because you've done those things. Why are you glorifying that? Because it's got a cool costume. And and it well well now okay now you're getting me on something. I knew else. I okay, would. So That's why I said thing. it. So here's the thing. I, I oh, I'm so angry. I'm literally angry with rage. I'm shaking both fists on either side of the microphone. I when I walk into Party City and God help me that I've walked in there to begin with. But when I walk City. into Party and it's you know pirate hat, pirate coat, pirate shoes. Really? There was a whole industry that was making. Well, we have some shoes, but we've also got some pirate shoes because they're different from regular shoes. And I've got a pirate coat because it's not like the exact same coat worn by a civilian. It is. I'm sorry. I'm yelling into the microphone. It's, oh, it just kills me. Oh, it makes me so angry. And, and you see this on 
once again, God help me when I go onto the you know clothing and costume things because we gotta buy our stuff somewhere. We, we have to on the Facebooks or the or the or the eBays or whatever, and it's you know, and it's and it'll be something like colonial medieval French pirate waistcoat. Okay, it can't be all of those things. It can't. But the fact that you know people talk about or, or you see these things, you know, I make pirate clothes. I make. Okay, no, you don't. You make clothes well, that if someone decides to commit acts of piracy while wearing, now they are pirate clothes because you're a pirate wearing clothes. You know, it's pirate sword. What do you mean pirate sword? You mean the nearest available sharp weapon I could grab? Yes, then it's the pirate sword. But it's the popular perception. <laughs> it of is. And, and that is N.C. Wyeth and those guys. Yes. Uh, who, and you know what? Again, I love those drawings. Love them. I frequently dress up as a quote unquote pirate because it's fun. <laughs> because but, it's fun. But you know, it's but it's, you, but you, when you do it, you know, at the party, you walk up. Hi, I'm a pirate. I'm going to kill you the instant you get on a boat. That's true. <laughs> That's what you That's always true. say. <laughs> and and when I do dress up as a pirate, I'm able to just go to my 18th century closet and go. I'll wear this. this, this. <laughs> exactly. I'll put on this hat and I'll carry a blunderbuss. Exactly. I am a pirate, I'm a pirate, and I'm going to murder and kill everyone. <laughs> but. You just said you go to your 18th century closet and pull out clothes. At any point in time throughout history, people wear whatever they need to address the material reality around them. You know, in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, all up to the you know early 2000s, people have committed acts of piracy. When they got dressed in the morning, they simply put on the clothes that everyone else in that particular society was wearing. They didn't, if they needed a new coat, they didn't go down to... Fleet Street or Market Street and go, well, there's the tailor and there's the pirate tailor. I'm going to go to the pirate tailor because I plan on killing someone on a boat later today. <laughs> That's not how it works. They just went to the tailor and got a coat made. I need a- <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Material culture matters. The right word matters. Well, you know. The pirates who aren't pirate captains are just sailors. Exactly, there's exactly. And the pirates who are captains are bosuns, are gentlemen, and they were. Yeah. Yes. Now, did they? You know, did they perhaps become ostentatious? We do have primary evidence that that Blackbeard actually, you know, wore fancy, fancy clothes and had special belts made to carry fifty pistols, and and he made (laughs) his beard. Evidently, he had fifty and wore what blitz. He, he wore, dynamite he, his beard. He, he wore slow match in his beard so that he put off this smoke all the time. You know what? If that crumb, if that climbs aboard your little boat and he says, I would lock all your stuff, by God, you are going to give it to him. Exactly. But once again, though, the ostentation, I mean, that's anybody who had an inclination for that, you know, in, 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 in yeah, great. Good for you, Blackbeard. Wonderful. But you know, there were there were the the, the Prince Regent was doing the same thing. Yes. You know, the and, Bo Brummel was doing the same thing. And, and, and yes, and you know, it, it's interesting too because. But they never went to sea to kill somebody. No, no they didn't. But <laughs> but see, and that's just it. Pirates were the bad guys. Pirates had to be fierce. Right. There's an intimidation factor There's that intimidation. helps the job go easy. And that the most realistic <laughs> yeah. thing about that is, of course, the the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> yes. When Wesley says, "Well, you can't be the Dread Pirate Wesley." Once you go soft, once people know you've gone soft, it's nothing but work, work, work all the time. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why there's been five Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. Just to keep the name going. Exactly. Which is is the most brilliant thing. And of course, now, you know, there's there's where my railing against piracy, I have to ameliorate it a little bit because I love that movie so much and I love the character, (laughs) Wesley, so much. But point of fact, 
even in that beloved movie, if he's a pirate, he he at he, least stole a lot of stuff. At least stole a lot of stuff. At the least, that happened. And uh, we've stolen enough of your time, and we're not at sea. So we're going to stop now, and uh, we'll see you next time for a different thing that we'll scream into the microphone about. <laughs> Inter- interposed from various silences of us trying to find the <laughs> words. I'm just stumbling. I wanna. I'm just what? Ah! Exactly. Thanks. Bye. Then again with Ken and Glenn is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. If you've enjoyed listening to Then Again with Ken and Glenn, please make sure that you subscribe and help us out by writing a review. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.